0: Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by independent film director, Patrick Cutler. He and his brother own a media and theater company called Cutler Bros. He also has a new film coming out called Red Gate. So we're going to be talking all about that and how and why he decided to get into independent filmmaking. So Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Why don't you start off by giving a little background about yourself, maybe telling the audience where you're from and anything else you might like them to know.
1: Sure. So um, I'm originally from Montana and uh, spent the last 10 years actually up in Alaska working up there as a teacher. But basically, I grew up with a VHS camera in my hands and just kind of idolizing movies and everything else. Uh, the, my, most of my life, trying to answer just one fundamental question, and that is, how, how do I make a successful full-length feature film? And that's kind of a puzzle I've been trying to solve my entire life. And basically, uh, me and my brother, we kind of came together as kids growing up, making our own movies, doing kind of our own little um, theater shows and stuff in our backyard. And then it led to us around um, the time we were in college, really founding our own um, multimedia production and uh, theater production company, Cutler Brothers Productions, where um, we do both theater and film. The cool thing is my brother is, is much more of the theater guy, so he's much more into the acting perspective of things, and I'm much more of, like, the filmmaker. So we kind of branch out and we kind of do um, work together, but we have our, our different uh, separate things we work on. Basically, yeah, this is my fifth full-length feature film that I have taken a whack at, and, and um, I'm hoping this is the one that uh, really hits.
0: Well, before we get to talking about Red Gate, let's talk about your other four. Kind of tell us the titles and, and what they were about. Sure.
1: Sure. So um, a lot of uh, what we, we've done throughout our, me and my brother have done throughout our, our careers series, a lot of comedy and stuff. Uh, we used to do theater. We almost always only did comedy. So that kind of translated over into our films. So the first four films, um, the first one was like a comedy drama. It was called Going Nowhere. And it was about uh, four guys hanging out in the backyard, barbecue and drinking beer, um, not really doing anything with their lives. And then the typical um, uh, co- girls kind of show up and they start changing and things of that nature. So it's kind of like a comedy drama. And then the second film we did was called Mad Dad. And Mad Dad basically was based on a short film we did when we were kids. And it was about basically, uh, it's a comedy about a, kind of like an abusive, out-of-control father. And he goes nuts on his son and all these things. It was, it was kind of like a comedy um, thriller or comedy horror film in some ways. So it, was, it was pretty dark. That was a lot of fun to make. And then the third film uh, was called The Cottonwood City Project and that film um was a found footage uh comedy doc uh mockumentary is what that was where these 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 four guys from California go to uh western montana and they go, the entire reason they go to western montana is to make fun of like a small town and make a big spoof out of it and it's a pretty interesting uh, film it was uh we shot that you know all these films were actually shot in montana around this uh the small town and then you had the uh fourth film which was, oh, by the way, The comedy City Project, that actually had, uh, it made it to the uh, LA Comedy Film Festival. That was like back in 2012. So that one had probably the, the most success that we've had so far. And then the fifth the fourth film we did is called The Ventures of Pete and Kit. And basically it's stringed together on 100 small, short uh, skits, essentially, that we kind of based around writing these scripts around um some of our relatives and friends we know. And it, it's just, a hundred almost nonsensical little skits written together back to back to back to back to back that puts together like a full 90-minute film. It's a completely different style of comedy. It's that one um is really pretty funny. And um, and then this fifth one that I'm, I'm working on completing right now is in post-production. It's called Red Gate. And it is the uh a horror film that um I'm hoping to get released by uh, this summer.
0: Well, tell us about that film and what's the ultimate goal for Red Gate.
1: Okay, so um, um, one of the first uh, film ideas we had when we were kids is we always wanted to do like a horror film. So we tried one a long time ago, and it kind of backfired on us. So all when well, we were doing all these comedy films and everything else, in the back of our minds, we always wanted to revisit doing a horror film. And so, well, we came together, and this is—it was kind of my idea. Where um, there's a lot of folklore in this small town that we grew up in, and there's a lot of um, crazy stories, crazy happenings. And um different things that are almost unexplainable. And one of those stories is based on this area called Redgate. Um, it's about the original tale of Redgate is about a guy. They had this small mining community up in the hills, up in the mountains outside of town, and there used to be like a school and everything up there. And this guy um comes home from work one day and just kind of loses his mind and uh goes out and he comes home from work and he has this little farm, farmhouse or whatnot. And when he gets home from work that day, he, he kills his wife and his two kids, and then he takes their blood and he paints the gate of their uh, estate there, their farmhouse gate, red. So that's why they called it Red Gate. So it's was, it was kind of the film's kind of loosely based on that, but it's based on different folklore and stories uh, around this area. And what happens is you got these four people, um, two of them grew up kind of in the area, and they go up hiking these, these lakes, deep deep up into the, the mountains in Western Montana, like way, way deep up. These, these lakes are super, super remote. Uh, you could pretty much only hike into them and um, they kind of end up getting stalked by something and they're not, they're not entirely sure what it is, but it, it kind of chases them around and everything. And it's, the film is shot in a way that's like, it's supposed to make you feel like you're actually in the film. You know, I kind of say, you know, what psycho did to showers, uh, red will do to going up in the mountains by yourself.
0: Why did you get into filmmaking and and what is your ultimate goal as a filmmaker? So um,
1: I'll answer that one and I'll also answer the other back end question. The ultimate goal for Redgate for me is to get a mass distribution deal and and really um, get it seen by enough people that I can, I can start doing a sequel to it and make other films. Uh, the reason that um, I originally got into filmmaking was I was a kid and um, my parents had this VHS camera, just like a lot of people did back then in like the 80s. In early 90s and um they were just filming home movies and stuff and they had it out and they wanted my brother to uh hold it because a camera back then for a kid is, is kind of heavy vhs camera and he was holding it, trying to film and then i i grabbed it one day and was was filming my parents since they want to be on camera since they're always filming us so i grabbed it and i started filming and i was like man this is really cool actually this vhs camera thing i don't know what it is about this but i i really like this and i was already into like a lot of movies and stuff so what we did was I started taking that camera and me and my brother, we started doing just short little films and stuff like that. So it just it kind of grew out of nowhere. Just you know, a lot of things in this world people find themselves passionately attracted to, and they can't necessarily explain why, but um, there's always like a back-end story to it. But uh since since I picked that VHS camera up as a kid, I just I just felt like this is what I want to do. I want to be a filmmaker, I want to make movies, I want to do films. Um, that's that's what I want to do my entire life. And my ultimate goal, you know, is is to be um one of the best known filmmakers. On planet Earth, and have, but have that impact on the uh, the film where it's like you know almost like a Stanley Kubrick type impact where it's like man if you saw a Stanley Kubrick film there's all these conspiracy theories and because he shot these things so uniquely and so different is so my my ultimate goal is is to kind of up there to bring something brand new to the table when it comes to filmmaking.
0: How do you choose your actors for your, for your films? What do you get your actors from? Are they locals or some kind of other pool of actors?
1: Um, mostly, mostly it's been locals. I'll say this. like, So we started out with just purely locals. but Then we started doing theater and stuff, and we, we got involved with a lot of different actors and actresses all, all, from all over. And when you do theater, you're able to kind of train your actors in, in how to act and in acting skills. So then once you kind of train them up and then your plays and stuff, you can then take them, and put them in your movies. So you got a trained actor ready to go for your film. So that was kind of one of the processes we used. We've also hired professionals from different parts of the world. Like we've had people come down from like New York or Pittsburgh, uh, all over Florida, and they'd be they'd be in our plays and then they'd do some films with us. So a lot of um when you do, I would say this: when you do theater and, and film for a while, you tend to build up like a lot of different connections and things. So. I would say right now we have, we have a base of a list of actors and actresses where I'll put out an ad these days. I'm doing a short film here coming up this month and I put out like an ad on Craigslist and I'll see if I can get anybody that wants to do it. If I can't get anybody professionally that wants to do it, I can always go to my base of actors and actresses that we have kind of built up over the years.
0: Since you guys also do theater, do you have any plays that you want to talk about? If so, let us know about them.
1: Yeah. We have a play coming up. I'll just give you kind of a a roundabout uh, way of our our schedule coming up here. We're we're doing a play next weekend that we're producing, and we're doing Robin Hood. And there is this old historic theater in town. It's been there for like, this is the 100th anniversary of this this theater. It's called the Rialto Theater in downtown uh, Deerlach, Montana. It's very historic. Um, it, It was back there in the vaudeville days. The vaudeville shows used to go through and do shows there. Robin Hood was one was like the first play done at the theater. So for the hundredth anniversary of this theater, we're doing Robin Hood next weekend, which is gonna be very cool. And then beyond that, we do improv shows and we do um comedy nights, improv shows and comedy nights. Comedy nights are like a um basically like a Saturday Night Live type uh show. We've been doing those for like I'm um, like 15 years or, or longer. And those shows are like Saturday Night Live type shows. And what we do with the the originally produced shows. Um, that we don't have any copyright bounds to or whatever, we'll stream those on our Facebook page. So if anybody ever wants to come check out you know, Color Brothers' Facebook page, we, we stream our comedy shows all the time on there. But um, that's kind of mainly what we do. We do comedy shows, and then we'll do some big plays coming up on um, the summer. We've had to, like everybody, we've had to really adjust our summer schedule this past year and, and this upcoming year due to, due to uh, coronavirus and what our limitations will be with that. But I have heard that Broadway is opening back up in May. So that is uh, some very good news.
0: Have you ever been to Broadway or are you just been kind of around your state in town?
1: I, um, I've traveled a lot. I haven't personally been out to Broadway. Um, my brothers, they went out there to New York a while back and they actually hit a snowstorm. I think they got, they're going to go see misery. I want to see on stage, but the snowstorm hit and they couldn't do it. I think, I think my brother though, my brother, my main brother, Kelly, he's seen a couple shows on a couple trips to New York. Me personally, um, I mean, I've been, I've actually, this is the first time I've been, been back in Montana, like 12 years, I've been traveling from Alaska to Pittsburgh, and then I was traveling all over the Northeast for a while. Yeah, I, have, I haven't I have personally seen a show on Broadway, but I have seen shows from other places, like out of town, some other pro, uh, professional production companies, I've seen some of their shows.
0: Walk us through the production process of Red Gate. What is that like? And just kind of tell us about what it's like to produce a film like this.
1: All right. Red Gate. Um, Like I was saying, I like to do um, different styles and different filming techniques. With Redgate, it was no different. This is every film that I do, I like to approach it a little bit differently and try to get a different type of film than the one we just made previously. With Redgate, they had the found footage type horror films and whatnot. But with Redgate, I wanted to do a film that seemed so natural and almost like an artistic horror film with a backdrop of these beautiful mountains and lakes and everything. And so part of part of the technique I used for Redgate was that there is a script, there's like a written script to some extent, but there's also, especially as as the, the movie goes on, there's a lot of scenes that I, I just told the actress in the get-go, like, you're going to improv a lot of these sequences and stuff. So what, what happened though was, um, and this is a crazy process that almost nobody does, is like, Um, For Redgate, I would have, the actors only had certain chunks of the script. So we'd get together, we're camped out way up in the mountains, and I would meet with the actors around the fire and say, okay, here is tomorrow's script. This is the script for tomorrow. So what I wanted to do is create this atmosphere of uncertainty and get the actors to really, really act to the level I think they could act to, get the most natural type acting alive. Towards the end, I would write these sequences out, and it's like, okay, you say kind of this, and you say kind of that, and this is exactly what's going to happen. You guys get together, rehearse this, improv it, rehearse, going through, acting natural. And then tomorrow, we're going to get together and film this sequence. So the difference between that and you know a regular film where you hand the entire script to an actor, and they know exactly what they're going to do every single day, like weeks, months in advance. This was a very unique way of going about trying to get, for me personally, the best possible acting for a horror film. Because with my previous experience with horror films, and you've seen plenty of B-horror films, I'm, I'm assuming, A lot of horror films, the acting just its not, it's like not there. It's just not like not very good. So I experienced that with our first horror films. Like, how can I get the best possible acting that looks as real as possible? And so I I concocted the strategy of not showing anybody their actual lines or anything until like the day before. And then they even had to improv most of the lines for that upcoming sequence.
0: Talk about some of the struggles that you face, you and your brother. As independent film directors.
1: so it's crazy. I mean, it's it's um, I look back and, and think about uh, the first couple of films I tried to make just bombed. I mean, bombed, not as not in that they were bad, but they just never got produced because um you'd have actors that would quit. you're you're trying to hire when you're independent, you're trying to hire actors that aren't necessarily professional actors, and sometimes you're not even paying them. So you're kind of just hoping that they show up when they're scheduled to shoot their scenes. and a lot of movies early on. I could not even get off the ground because I couldn't get the actors to commit to an actual schedule to shoot the actual movie. So that was the biggest struggle for me is finding a way to get over that hump and just at least get the actors available. So I can actually put the entire thing on paper or on film and have something at least. So that was the first struggles is trying to get over that hump of of actors quitting my movies all the time. It was, it was very frustrating. Then the second is you're always dealing and I'm a technical guy. You're always dealing with the technical aspect of, of filmmaking and and the audio and getting the, the video is not too hard to get right you just have to work at it but the lighting and like the audio and those things getting that to like snap and pop and just really look as good as it can possibly look those types of things you know as independent filmmakers are always struggling because normally in in a regular uh, filming situation you have all these professionals you have like a lighting guy you have a sound guy you even have geez you even have like a cinematographer you know the guy you got it can actually Take the camera and knows all the best angles and everything else for your film. So you have all these different resources. Where an in independent filmmaking is like, man, I'm I'm the cinematographer. I'm the director. I'm the lighting guy. I'm also the audio guy. I'm also doing vo- vocal work. I'm also an actor in the show. So that that would probably be the the second biggest hurdle. And then the third biggest hurdle by far is once you put in like hundreds, sometimes thousands of hours in these films, trying to get your film just seen by people, just distributed, even if even if you don't make any money off of it at all, just Trying to get your film distributed is the, the so it's it's such a difficult thing to do. Um, that's why with Redgate, um, my strategy here is you know I'm trying to promote the film right now before it's finished, and then hopefully there's enough promotion behind Redgate, enough awareness that I can, if if everything does not work at all, I don't get a distribution deal, nothing works at all, well, I can at least self distribute it myself.
0: What motivates you to keep on keeping on as a film director?
1: That's that's a really good question because I mean. It's, it's film <laughs> it feels like sometimes we don't actually choose our career path. It just, it chooses us in little ways. And that's kind of how I am with uh, filmmakers. I, I've gone off and on because like the, the ups and downs and you never, if you're really an independent filmmaker, most of the time you're not really making money off of it or anything, but you really just love to keep continuing on with it. So I have I myself has taken, taken a lot of breaks between filmmaking projects and focusing on other aspects of my life uh, to improve on. But um, it was you just you just felt passionate about it you felt like alive it felt like man i would love doing this i mean i might not get make a single dime off of doing this but this is something that i just love to do uh love to be a part of and it's 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 hard to describe that because you know you just have it in your heart that like this is what i am i am i'm a filmmaker this is what i'm about this is who i will always be you know you just hopefully you know at some point you break through that wall and you can actually get paid full-time as a filmmaker but um the thing that keeps you going is just just your love of just doing it is, is the thing that keeps me going.
0: Why do you feel like Red Gate is different than any other horror film out there?
1: So that's a good point. When I uh, first started really creating this this project, that was I was I was going through different horror films, different genres, different things, and, and thinking to myself, you know, how can I make this not the same old. Um, scare surprises every two seconds, same old film that you've seen a thousand different times. It's just different horror movie characters or whatnot. How can I make this um, completely separate from the pack? And so that's why I started researching a lot of horror films. And I went back and uh, some of these artistic films I used to watch. Um, there's a film uh, by Gus Van Sant. It's called Elephant. And it, it, it's about the Columbine shooting. And they do this, he does a, a remarkable job on this film that it makes you feel like you're watching it unfold live. Like you're, you're there with these people watching it unfold live. So that was kind of like my angle. with red It's like, how do I make this uh, uh, an, an inclusive, very inclusive? Like you're not just watching actors on stage, but you're, you're there in person. And the cool thing is I got this super wide um, cinematic lens and we're in this area. A lot of people that haven't been to Montana, they said when they finally cross over the border to Montana, they almost have like vertigo because the, the sky is so huge. That's why it's called big sky country. So like, you're up there. Imagine you're up there and there's this ginormous sky, these lakes, just endless amounts of scenery. And nobody can hear you scream. Nobody knows you're up there. If something goes wrong, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of screwed. It gives this wide open, like the opposite of being claustrophobic, where you're trapped somewhere. This It gives this wide open feeling like, man, anything can happen. Everybody's at risk. You know something's going to happen that does it in a way that it makes it feel like you're watching it live. Like it's, it's, it's unfolding live. You just don't know what's going to happen, but i um, like a film like Redgate, I would like to see it played in like an IMAX type theater because it's scenery. And the way I shot it, it's, it's so uh, beautiful. It's it's shot in such a way. It's, it's, it's very well shot. So, um, but yeah, that's, what's different about it though. It, it makes you feel like you're actually in the film watching it as it unfolds.
0: What advice would you give any independent filmmakers or, theater people out there that are trying to make it just like you are what tips and advice would you give them
1: um i would say the biggest pieces of advice and, and that i wish i would have given myself a while back is like set set like a goal set any goal like I, I, you're gonna hit your goals no matter what in life that's that's my what i believe personally but um a lot of times i would set a goal and i'd be like man i just want to do want to complete one independent full-length feature film that is my goal that is all i want to do and so i was able to achieve that several times you get i'm a big believer is you get what you ask in life so i never personally asked to say i never said i you know i want to make five million dollars making a film or anything like that i just said i wanted to make films so i mean i said i I didn't care if i made x amount of money or anything and whatever you say when you believe in that that is where the road will eventually take it because you as a person as a human you're shifting and you're shaping your own direction so i would say set a goal and say okay I wanna be like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day when he was over in like uh, Austria or whatever. He set a goal he wanted to be the biggest film actor for blockbusters in Hollywood for action films and everything. He set that massive goal and he just went out every single day. Eventually he hit that goal. But if you um if you set a goal and it's like um if you don't have any goal, you don't have any purpose really, you're just kind of doing it for fun. Those are the, the type of results you're gonna get. You're just gonna have those type of fun results. But set a goal and then see, try to track down the exact amount of effort and hours and everything you need to do to reach that goal. But once you set a goal for what you want to achieve, then there's nothing really stopping you but yourself. That makes sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. Well, do you like horror films? And if you do, what's your favorite horror film?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I do like horror films. As a kid, a lot of my filmmaking started with watching those old Jason Voorhees. Movies, it's like USA up all night, and they're they're killing people, and those Friday the Thirteenth movies. I, I I love those films, but as you know, as anybody, they start out with uh, on a certain level what they like as a kid and stuff. Then you kind of graduate to another level, another level, to where on um, these days the the scares types uh horror films don't really attract me that much anymore. I'm more of like I like the psychological aspect of horror in in, in that nature. So like for me personally, like man that that first saw movie i just thought that was so good um it was it was so creepy so good so weird so i would say uh saw the first original texas chainsaw massacre kind of had a style that i was kind of shooting for with Redgate, where it's just weird bizarre in the middle of nowhere you know yeah those would be like kind of the top films i would say is like um, hellraiser was great kind of those unique type of films, they, they bring something different to the table. Texas Chainsaw Massacre brought something completely different to the table. I thought Saw did the same thing. Uh, they had like paranormal activity and whatnot, but um, I would say Texas Chainsaw Massacre and um, the Saw movie are kind of some of my more main motivating uh, films for me.
0: Tell the listeners how they can watch your films, give out contact information, all your social media platforms. Tell the listeners how, how to connect with you.
1: All right so I I'm on almost every social media platform like 7 to 10 of them and I'm I'm on there every single day so the best way whether you're on Instagram whether you're on Twitter whether you're on Facebook go on and search the hashtag redgatefilm again that the hashtag is redgatefilm search that hashtag and I'm posting updates constantly to what what's going on with the film I'm showing you behind the scenes stuff stuff that I'm working on with the film um I'm I'm releasing um, I'm doing a, a series of short films to tell the backstory of Redgate from the killer's perspective. They're getting very, very good. Um, so, hashtag Redgate Film. Also, if you find me on Twitter, you can go on Twitter, you go at Redgate uh, Film, or you can go at Patrick W. Cutler because I'm on Twitter all the time. So, that's at Patrick W. Cutler or at Redgate Film, or just hashtag Redgate. Red, sorry, hashtag Redgate Film.
0: <laughs> Do you guys have a website, or how can people watch your films if they want to?
1: Um, so I'm going to go through, we have, I have posted a lot of, I'm going to say most of our films that we have done so far have actually been posted on YouTube for free. Now I got the YouTube account is Cutler Brothers Productions YouTube. And that's, that, that's a boatload of original content on there. And you can also find our films. If you go on the Cutler Brothers Productions YouTube and search, uh, the ventures of Pete and Kit, that'll be on there. You can also search uh, Cottonwood Seed Project. I think that one's on there, and I think Mad Dad Going Nowhere might be on there too, because we uh, we did release those all free to the public. And then you can also check out my IMDb profile. You search Patrick Cutler, IMDb, Internet Movie Database, and you can pull that up. And there's a, a bunch of information on different films I've done on there too.
0: Sounds good. Are there any topics or anything that you would like to touch on that we missed?
1: Ah, uh, no. I th- I think that's. That's the gist of everything. I mean, this has been a, a great time here. Um, it's always fun to come on here and talk horror films and talk filmmaking in general. Uh, the one thing I'll also say is on my YouTube channel, my YouTube channel is Patrick W. Cutler Presents. On my YouTube channel, I'm trying more and more to go behind the scenes and show you how you can do some of these filmmaking tricks that I'm doing. And um, here I want to learn about filmmaking. I post a bunch of video content on there, trying to show you behind the scenes of, of filmmaking and theater. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I think that's about it.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Cutler. Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, Curtis. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: And listeners, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share. Check us out on YouTube as well. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. Dream.